I'll be speaking about the message of that song, Thursday Night, Christmas Eve, the way Jesus chose to come. I hope you'll come, and I hope you'll bring a friend. I love the Christmas season. I love almost everything about it. I like to collect Christmas stories. In fact, one of my most recent is about the little boy whose uncle gave him a harmonica for Christmas. He saw his uncle a few weeks later and thanked him. He said, that was the best Christmas present I have ever been given. Well, his uncle just beamed and said, oh, I'm so glad you like it. So you play the harmonica. And the boy says, no, I never play the harmonica. My mom gives me a dollar every morning not to play it that day. And my dad gives me $5 a week not to play it at night. Well, there's something wrong with that. Because Christmas and music go together. Think about it. There is no other time of year that has music all its own like Christmas. Even our favorite holidays, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Thanksgiving. None of these days have music like Christmas. Now, I've always loved Christmas music, and I come by it naturally, and I'm going to tell you a story that no one under 40 is going to understand. But I was raised in a home filled with Christmas music. I still remember the day we were young. We lived in uh, Oak Cliff, and my mom and dad got our first family stereo. Now, here's the part none of you under 40 are going to understand. That stereo was the length of one of these pews. It took up a whole side of the wall of the den. And we put that stereo in the wall, and you could lift up the lid in the middle. And each night when we went to bed, my father would put seven, eight, nine albums on it. And after Thanksgiving, they were always Christmas albums. So you would go to sleep with that music in the house. You could wake up at two in the morning. It might be Bing Crosby. It might be Nat King Cole. It might be Elvis, but it was going to be Christmas music. And this is how all Fine people raised Christian children back in the 70s. (laughs) Think about it. What other time of the year will you let total strangers gather on your porch and start singing songs? And I think it's fitting because music was a big part of the first Christmas. Have you ever noticed that? Especially in the Gospel of Luke, everybody's singing. Mary finds out she's going to bear the Christ child. She gets blessed by Elizabeth, and she just breaks out in one of the most magnificent songs ever sung. Later, Zechariah is there at the birth of John, who will foretell the coming of the Christ child. And he breaks out in song. And then later, the shepherds are out in the field, and the angels announce the birth of the Christ, and they start singing. And so the shepherds, they go to see the baby, and they come back, and they start singing. It's noteworthy that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the city of David, the greatest songwriter who's ever lived. You see, Bethlehem was music city in Jesus' day. And everybody needs to hear the tune. You see, we've been asking ourselves, these three towns that tell the Christmas story each had a question. Jerusalem asked Will you accept a new king? 
And Nazareth asked, will you join a new story? And Bethlehem asked the question, will you sing a new song? Because music has a power no one should ever underestimate. Music is powerful. Think about it. We go to a sporting event and we begin with the national anthem, which has nothing to do with the game, but still is important to us. Why do we stand for that song? Why do we expect people to show some degree of reverence when we sing that song? Because that song expresses our loyalty, our allegiance, our unity. That song tells the story of who we are as a nation. It matters. You see, music does more than just entertain. Music engages and it encourages. And music enlists. You see, music invites us to imagine a better world. And it asks us to help make it happen. In the power of song, we hear that things don't have to be the way they are and that we can do something about it. And that is why when you study the history of revolutions, every great revolution that stood up against injustice and oppression was driven by music. They sang outside the Bastille. The Bolsheviks sang in St. Petersburg. They sang in the streets of Manila when they tried to oust Marcos. We've all seen the images of the civil rights heroes marching through the streets of Montgomery, hand in hand, singing, we shall overcome. Every revolution that has stood up against injustice had a song to sing. That's why I think it's so interesting in his book, Exiles, Michael Frost says, during apartheid, Certain music was banned because the government said it threatens to create an atmosphere in the populace that would be dangerous. Do you know what songs were banned? Christmas carols. Not Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Have you ever listened to the lyrics of our Christmas carols? They are some of the most radical, revolutionary music ever written. Think about it. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. How politically incorrect is that? To say to all peoples and all religions and all worldviews, there's one king of the earth, his name is Jesus, and you should bow down and recognize him. That's a radical song. Davis Carruthers pastors a church in Mississippi. They were having their annual children's Christmas play. One of the members had a little boy named Billy that she thought would make a perfect Joseph. But he got the part of a shepherd. That's okay. She was determined he'd be the best looking shepherd in the play. And she worked hard on the costume, even the long hair and the beard. And the play went off magnificently and everybody was happy and after it was over the children's director said we're starting a wardrobe closet would you care to donate your costumes to be reused and she thought that was a wonderful idea and approached Billy about it and he said I'll give up everything but the beard why do you want to keep your beard he said mama I never learned the words to the songs but when you have a beard you can move your mouth and nobody knows 
And she went on to say, I wonder if I'm just going through the motions of Christmas and I never learned the song. Bethlehem is asking us to sing a new song. So maybe we better pay attention to the lyrics. Listen again, Luke chapter 2. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, The shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Let's go to Bethlehem and hear the song. And we'll learn several things. And the first is that no one but God could write this song. The angels were right to sing glory to God because only heaven could imagine a song this big. See, it was God who prompted a Caesar over a thousand miles away to call a census at just the right time that by the time the news got to this little podunk town called Nazareth, this little couple had to make a trip down to Bethlehem even though she's nine months pregnant. And let me just tell you guys, no nine-month pregnant woman wants a 90-mile donkey ride for a present. God wrote this song. It was God who predicted hundreds of years earlier through the prophets that it would be in the city of David that a virgin would give birth. Only God could write this song. Most of all, it was only a divine mind that could have conceived of the coming of a perfect God-man to redeem the world. The world is filled with sin. Only man should pay it. Only a perfect man could pay it. And no one exists. Only God could conceive of a God-man to redeem the world. And only God could love big enough to let such a man be conceived. Only God could write this song. Only God could birth a salvation this huge. Have you ever considered how radical the words of our song is? You sang a moment ago lyrics that in some countries would get you arrested. Veiled in flesh. The Godhead, see, hell, incarnate deity, 
pleased as man with men to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. There's no other faith, there's no other philosophy on earth that has lyrics like that. Only God could write this song. And that's why everyone needs to hear the words. I know today it's politically correct to say, I'm okay and you're okay and you find your harmony and I'll find my way and every way is right and every path goes to God. That will never harmonize with the tune of Christmas. If I'm okay and you're okay, then why was Jesus born? Christmas says you don't need a cheerleader. You need a savior. Because you have a debt you could never pay. One of my favorite Christmas stories is about Grandma. And she had reached that point in life where she was kind of feeble and it was hard to travel. It was Frankly, it was hard just to get out and shop anymore. So she had the idea this year she would just send to all of her kids and grandkids cards. And in the card would be a check and they could open it on Christmas morning and then they could go out and they could buy whatever they wanted. And so she got all the cards addressed and she got them all mailed in time to get there for Christmas Day. And she woke up that morning and to her horror she realized she had forgot to put that stack of checks in the cards. So her family wakes up on Christmas morning and opens the cards and reads, Buy your own present, Grandma. (laughs) You see, it illustrates the truth that we have a need we can't afford. We need a forgiveness and we don't have the funds. But the chorus announces good news for all the people. A Savior has been born. You see, we know that Mary sang and we know the angel sang. But a lot of people don't realize that Jesus sang at Christmas too. The Hebrew writer mentions this in chapter 10. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, and what follows is Psalm 40. Jesus sang the words of the shepherd from Bethlehem just before he was born. Here's what he sang. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. And then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God. And then later the writer comments on that song and says, And by that will, we've been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. The Bible says Jesus came to experience your hell. So that you could enter his heaven. You talk about radical lyrics. Listen to this. Mild. He lays his glory by. Born that man 
no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. I realize that some people are offended by those words. I think it's much more tragic, though, that some people have never heard them. That there are still people in the world that have never heard Bethlehem's song. Because, you see, anyone can join in the chorus. The amazing thing about Bethlehem's song is that it transcends culture and gender and race and nationality. And when you read Matthew and Luke's accounts of the birth of Christ, one of the common themes is this. That everybody is invited to the birthday party of God's Son. In that day, most Jews started their morning with this prayer. I thank thee, O Lord, King of the universe, that I was not born a woman. But the story starts with two women, Mary and Elizabeth. In that day, if you weren't rich, you weren't viewed to be in God's favor. But the story starts with a poverty-stricken little couple in a podunk town called Nazareth. In that day, if there was immorality in your past, you were written off. But Matthew says, let me just remind you of Jesus' family tree. Tamar, Rahab the prostitute, Bathsheba the adulteress. In that day, if you were a shepherd, you were never included. You were despised. You lived with animals. You worked with animals. You smelled like animals. God sent them an angel gram so they could come. In that day, if you were a pagan astrologer, your law said you should be stoned. God sent them a star to get them to the party. You see what they're saying? They're saying, I don't care what your sex is. I don't care what your race is. I don't care what your past is. You are invited to come meet Jesus. Christmas sings that what everybody needs, anybody can get. Best known verse in the Bible is John 3.16. You could preach a whole 10-week series just on the words in that verse. But I have highlighted my personal favorite word in the whole verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That, and here's the best word in the verse. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You know who whoever is? It's you. We are all citizens of Whoville. And we've all been invited. John Stroman, in his book, God's Downward Mobility, tells a story of a man he would sometimes go visit in a nursing home. And he was an older man. And frankly, it was rarely pleasant to visit him because his mood was usually foul. His gruffness, frankly, was a cover for his loneliness. Because he had no family and few friends. But he said he went to see him one Christmas season and he walked into the room and the entire countenance of the man was different. He was cheerful. He was pleasant. John said, I noticed he had Christmas cards taped to the wall. Someone had brought him a beautiful poinsettia for his room. 
He said the night before, carolers from a church had come and sung to him. And then he said this. He said, at Christmas time, I am somebody. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. The Christmas song says you matter to God. The Christmas song says you're valuable to God. That he's not going to give up on anybody. In fact, he is building a chorus right now in heaven. It is made up of every tribe and every nation and every tongue. And we, as one, will sing the song forever. I read an article about a man who had visited the uh, horrific death camp in Eastern Europe called Dachau. And if you go there, they have pictures that depict the horror of the thousands and thousands of Jews murdered there. And in one of them, there's this long line of people being filed into a gas chamber. And what will catch your eye, he says, is you see a young mother. He, she is fully aware of where she's going. And in front of her is a little girl who has no idea. And in her last act of love, she does what only a mom can do. She takes her hands and she puts them over the eyes of that little girl. So at least her last moments won't be spent knowing of the horror ahead. And he said, you stand there and you just look at that picture. And he said, just one thought kept coming through my mind. God, don't let this be all there is. Most music is just noise. It's pointless. Because if death and evil win, then all music is just a temporary distraction to numb the pain. It's just something to distract our minds from the tyrannies that dominate and make life pointless. But Bethlehem's song says, the music will keep playing because life will keep going. Christmas says that the gulf between immortality and mortality can be bridged. This life is not all there is. Our anthem declares a new kingdom has been inaugurated. Now granted, it's like a mustard seed and a lot of people can't see it, but it's here. It is among us. It has been inaugurated and one day it will be consummated. And it brings me comfort when I hear our song. To realize that all the tyrannies that make life so miserable right now are short-lived. And evil and oppression and injustice and death will have their day. And they will be conquered. And the kingdom of Christ will triumph. You want to talk about a radical lyric 
listen to this. Truly, He taught us to love one another. His law is love. And His gospel is peace. Chains shall He break. For the slave is our brother. And in His name, all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy and grateful chorus raise me. Let all within us praise His holy name. Christ is the Lord. Oh, praise His name forever. His power and His glory forevermore proclaim. And we will. We will sing the song forever. The music of Bethlehem never ends. And so I would suggest we start singing the song right now. Because it really does matter what kind of music you listen to. Now I know I just sounded like an old dad. But I'm going to say it again. Because one of the greatest pieces of nonsense ever sowed by the devil was that you can listen to any kind of music you want and there's no impact. It really does matter what kind of music you listen to. It's why God writes songs. It's why the devil writes songs. Because music speaks to the world as you see it and as you want it to be. And so, this Christmas, will you listen to alternative music? When people are cruel, you will turn your cheek. When they curse, you will bless. And when they cuss, you will pray. Because you listen to a different song. And when marriage gets hard. And every marriage gets hard. You will not quit and run You will stay, and you will pray, and you will struggle together because you listen to different music. And when the job says, put me before your family, and when the world says, how much money do you have? Because your net worth equals your self-worth, you will say, no. Life does not consist in the abundance of my possessions. I am more than a job. Because you've heard different lyrics. And when sin entices and says, come, let's play. For just a short time, we can have a good time. You will walk away. Because that's not your song.
And when death visits, and death always visits, you will not grieve like people who have no hope. Because you know your song. Christmas says there's an alternative song. We march to a different beat because we march behind a different king. And we hear his music everywhere. Many of you have seen the movie Bridge Over the River Kwai. It was rated one of the 100 best movies of the last century. It was inspired by a book by a man named Ernest Gordon. He was one of the British prisoners detained in the camp in northern Burma during World War II. He went on to become the chaplain of Yale University. The book is not an easy read. The goal of prison camp is to break the spirit and humiliate the human being. And he says that when these British soldiers were first there, they turned to God, but they did in anger. And they would pray, why God? Why would you let me be caught? Why don't you deliver us? But he said over time, The prayer changed to how, God, how, God, should we act? How, God, should we treat each other? How, God, should we live in this place? It was Christmas Day, 1944. They did not know it would be their last Christmas in prison. By this point, their bodies are frail and weak. Some are to the point of death. But because it was Christmas Day, they were given that one day no work detail and even a little bit more food. And Ernest Gordon says, sometime that day, a soldier began to sing a Christmas carol. And then another. And then another. And it wasn't planned, it wasn't organized, it just happened. They all, at least those that were strong enough to get out of bed, they all got up and came out to the camp and sat in a big circle and spent the day singing Christmas songs. And Ernest Gordon, who went on to be chaplain at Yale and has been in all kinds of church services, says it was the most spiritual moment of his life. He said... His exact words were, that day we were touched by God. You know why? They remembered their song. They found their music. It really does matter what music you listen to. So in a few days, we're going to put the tree up. We're going to put all the decorations back in the attic. But what are we going to do 
with our music? Are we going to keep that in our hearts? Well, only if we keep Jesus there. So would you just bow your head right now and just pray this simple prayer. Dear God, help me again to hear your song. Holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. Amen. Would you stand, please? We're going to sing one more song. I love the song because it calls Jesus Emmanuel, God with us. And I love the line in the chorus that says, My heart can sing a brand new song. And as we sing, if you would like to be baptized into Jesus, just come down to the front as we sing together.